It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. So often, people do things just so that they get noticed by other people, as if to say, look at me, look at this great thing I just did for you. But there's another way to serve other people. And this reminds me of a quote by author uh, Henry James, who lived primarily in the 1800s, and it's simply this. Three things in human life are important. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third is to be kind. What exactly should we take from this? Well, I believe that God sees everything. I know in different situations, things have worked out very well for me because someone intervened on my behalf even when I wasn't aware of it. On the flip side... I have taken opportunities to help others in ways that they weren't even aware of. And honestly, it's fun to do that. In a sense, it's like being someone's secret Santa any day of the year. Some might also call that a random act of kindness, except the person receiving the kindness doesn't know who did it. Just for fun, take the opportunity this week to do a favor for someone, but don't tell them that you were the one who did it. It's a great way to show love and appreciation for someone. You will be so glad you did. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. And before I forget, let me give you the number to call in in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. My guest this week is Coach Jim Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Based on what transpired in a few short moments in early 2006, Coach Jim Johnson is now an authority on the subject of realizing your dreams. In his many public speaking appearances, he relates his role in a basketball game that got Hollywood calling. He also emphasizes the importance of teamwork and sportsmanship, delivering his talks with a heartfelt style that has brought audiences to their feet. Coach Johnson has developed winning high school basketball teams for 27 years, taking over three losing varsity programs and turning them into winners in a short period of time. Of his 362 career victories, one in particular will surely never be duplicated. On February 15, 2006, Coach Johnson made the kind-hearted gesture of inserting his autistic student manager, Jason McElwain, now known to the world as J-Mac, into Greece Athena High School's final home game, which the Trojans won 79-43. to J-Mac scored 20 points in just over four minutes, including six three-point baskets, to become an instant national celebrity. Coach Johnson also was featured in major news outlets across the country. Coach Johnson made his number of radio and television appearances, including on Oprah Winfrey and Jim Rome. And in 2006, he met President George W. Bush, Governor George Pataki, and Senator Hillary Clinton, just to name a few luminaries. The Athena team was also paid a visit at school by NBA legend Irvin Magic Johnson. 
and J Max Magic Moment won him the ESPY for Best Sports Moment at the ESPN Sports Show later that year. Coach Johnson has rolled his accomplishments and experiences into a presentation called Dreams Really Do Come True, which he gives to various businesses and civic organizations around the country. His one-hour talk also emphasizes the essence of teamwork and the ultimate level of sportsmanship. We will discuss all of this and so much more on today's show. And with all this in mind, here is my guest, Coach Jim Johnson. Jim, are you there? I am. How are you, Brian? I'm doing fantastic. How are you today? Great, great. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. It's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. So let me just ask you, what I ask everybody at the beginning of the show is to tell us a little bit about your background. What got you to where you are now? What did you learn along the way? What did you overcome? And what brought you to where you are now? And then I'll, after, after that, I'll ask you to describe the game that changed your whole life. Sure, sure. Well, I, uh, I grew up in a very sports-oriented uh, family, uh, oldest of six children, and actually my both my parents were educators they had great influence in fact my dad was my high school basketball coach so uh, uh, I was very close to my parents and made a lot of uh, positive influence on me to end up choosing the profession that I did uh, I was a pretty good high school player and I had these visions of playing in the NBA but when I got to college and actually didn't make my college team team that uh, it made me realize that uh, playing the NBA was not going to happen, but uh, well, I really wanted to find a way to to stay in basketball, and, and that was a way uh, by teaching and coaching, and I've been doing it for over 30 years. And So I followed in my parents' footsteps in that regard, that I've been an educator for, as I said, over 30 years. And, yeah. Uh, it's had uh, you know all kinds of trials and tribulations, but certainly much more positive than negative. And, uh, mm-hmm. um you know, I've, I've learned a lot through my own personal development, and then certainly working with young people, uh, they teach things every single day. So it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's been a great uh, profession for me. Uh, you know, I won't go into the game yet, but, uh, you know, in the game in 2006, uh, you know, they really opened some other doors unexpectedly, although I always had a, a dream to be a, a professional motivational speaker, and now I get to, yeah. to do that as well, which uh, has been a, a real passion for me, and, uh, you know, to be able to share the short story and give my uh, all the learning experiences I've had uh, to try to help others has, has been a, a, a really special thing in my life right now. That's great. And there's something you said just a minute ago that I want to go back to. You said you had hopes and dreams of being uh, an NBA player, but when you didn't make your college team, you found a different way to stay involved with that which you were passionate about. I think a lot of people, when they take one path or one avenue towards something they really love and it doesn't work out, they just give up on that thing. But you found other ways to be involved in that same thing that you were passionate about, and I love that. I appreciate that you shared that. Well, thanks. You bet. Do you find that uh, other people uh, in, in your experience uh, encounter that same kind of roadblock and, and maybe you encourage them to find a different way to stay involved? I, well, I guess I guess maybe when we talk about JMAC, your, your student, that's another wonderful example of uh, the same type of thing that we just talked about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jason's a great illustration, uh, you know, and he's very unique in uh, my coaching career that um, very rarely do we ever have uh, a young man that tries out for a basketball team if he doesn't make the team come back and try out the next year. Uh, I can probably count, you know, less than five kids that have done that. 
Uh, and then you, you take J-Mac, where he actually didn't make the team for two consecutive years and even came out for a third year, and he and didn't make it again. But mm. uh, he was a great lesson in, you know, perseverance and staying with, uh, you know, what you love to do. And, you know, he he found a way to stay involved with us with, by being our manager and because uh, he contributed so much to our program. I felt that was a great way that I could give back to him was to give him an opportunity to actually play in our final home game. So uh, J-Max, you, know, uh, you know, a great illustration of the fact that, you know, never giving up on your dream and, and finding other ways. Uh, and that's one of the things I really try to share with young people is to find your passion but realize that there's a lot of different roads that you can stay in something that you're passionate about. Uh, you know, I hear all the time, you know, uh, about people wanting to play, you know, in professional sports, and uh, it's a great goal, but it's one that's, uh, you know, very few people uh, actually attain, but there's a lot of people that have stayed in, uh, you know, in sports in this case by doing, you know, coaching or, uh, you know, working in management or, uh, you know, there's so many different avenues that you can take that can keep you in something that you're very passionate about, and I, I think that's something I would really advise people to do is, you know, find something you love to do and then uh, find a way that you can actually make a living at. Yeah, I mean, broadcast, broadcasting and journalism is another great way to uh, really pursue your passion in the sporting arena, for example. We've got about Absolutely. three or four minutes. Yeah, three or four minutes of the first break. So let's let's start talking about the, the game that changed everything. You said that uh, Jason had tried out for this for the team three consecutive years and and what a what a story of someone who didn't give up. But you did tell him that you would try and work him into a game on senior night, his senior year, and that's really where your stories began, isn't it? Yeah, his uh, his senior year, when he came out for the team, um, and he had been such a big part of our program for the two previous years, that when I realized that he really just wasn't good enough basketball wise to to make the team, um, but I, I you know I saw someone that um, really deserved an opportunity because he had put so much of his heart and soul and was so committed to our program, uh, so I told him when uh, we went through tryouts that although he was not going to be a regular team member, that I was going to give him an opportunity to dress in a uniform for senior night. And although I, I did not guarantee he would play in the game, I said that, you know, this would be a way, because on senior night we honor the parents and the players of the seniors and bring them out and to see him in uniform instead of his white shirt and black tie, which he normally wore during, you know, when he was our team manager was something that has touched me deeply. I know he's very proud to put that uniform on that night, and then, you know, to get the opportunity to play was uh, certainly uh, something that uh, the experience uh, I'll never forget, and it touches my heart deeply still to this day. Oh, absolutely, and, and you describe that in your book, which is called A Coach and a Miracle, and we will be talking a lot about the different things that you talk about in that book, and especially the way this game unfolded. We've got about a minute and a half or so to the first break. So your season, uh, you you had a pretty good season. In fact, you, your team has a reputation for being pretty good. Was, was there anything about that season apart from that that really stood out for you? 
Yeah, that season was extremely unique in my coaching career because I, I do talk about it quite extensively in the book. I don't talk much about it in my keynotes, but that uh, our season actually had a lot of turmoil early in the season. Uh, that actually I nearly uh, resigned from the position because uh, we were having so many difficulties. And uh, uh, fortunately, my wife and my staff talked me out of it. And, uh, you know, I kind of practiced what I preached about the fact that, you know, you got to go through tough times and find a way to to go get through them. And, uh, you know, that was a great learning experience for me. And, uh, uh, you know, also observing Jason um, when we were going through a hard time, how much he was still supportive of the team. And I think that's the players appreciated that so much about him, that he was so into helping the team. That's great. And we do have just under 30 seconds left to the break. So, uh, I just want to thank you once again for for being here. We're going to have a fantastic show. My guest this week is Coach Jim Johnson, who's a high school coach out in New York. He's written a book called A Coach and a Miracle, and a very special game unfolded on February 15th of 2006, I think is the correct date. Yes, it is. And we'll talk about the game and a whole bunch more right after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? SmartGuy.com is one of the fastest growing business networks in the world. Managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves a smart guy. Smartguy.com Solave, we think a person's voice is the most powerful form of marketing, so that's what we want to invest in. While other companies spend billions on traditional marketing, we reward you for sharing Solave with your connections. We began with a simple idea. A single relationship has the power to make life better for many people. We took this idea and turned it into a company that can make commerce less expensive and even profitable for everyone. We've started with mobile phone service because it's something all of us already use and it's the technology connecting us every day. We put you in charge of what you pay for mobile service. And simply making the switch to Solave is the first step to spending less. $49 a month for unlimited voice, text, and data. But it gets even better. You can earn money just for sharing Solave with others. As your network of connections grows, both through your actions and the actions of each person who joins because of you, you can quickly be paying nothing for your mobile service and even make a profit every month. Visit us online at www.social-commerce-now.com to learn more and join the Solave revolution. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. 
This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Coach Jim Johnson. He's the author of the book, A Coach and a Miracle. And before the break, we were talking about some of the adversity that Coach Johnson had with his team uh, and how that almost caused him to quit in the middle of the season. But he's very glad he didn't, and he overcame adversity, which is a really wonderful lesson for all of us. Let's talk about the actual game, because you did promise that you would find a uniform so that Jason could suit up. You didn't necessarily promise him an opportunity to play, but as the game unfolded, it became pretty clear that you would have that opportunity. Tell us about what happened, because this is an amazing story. Sure. We... Um... Well, going into the game, I had three thoughts. Uh, number one is um, we had a chance to actually tie for the league championship that night, so I certainly wanted to give our team a chance to do that. Secondly, I, I wanted to get Jason in, but I felt in fairness that I had to give all those other teammates a, a chance to get in before he got in. And thirdly, I really wanted to get Jason in with enough time so he could score a basket. So uh, at the end of three quarters, we had gotten everybody in but Jason. And uh, so with about four, just over four minutes left in the game, I felt it was right. That gave him enough time. And uh, and I, you know, I stood up. I pointed to him. He nearly ran on the court. He was so excited. And then he came over to the uh, scorer's table, and he was kind of mesmerized. They actually almost literally had to push him into the game because he wasn't sure what he was supposed to do. And uh, I, what happened to me personally is I just got overwhelmed with emotion because um, we had a really good student body following that. Um, gave him a standing ovation, but what Jason and I did not know is one of our JV parents had actually made all these placards of Jason's face, and they, he gave them to the six men, and they didn't show them until he got in the game, and I got so overwhelmed with emotion, I actually sat down and tears started to roll down my face. The game began again, and Jason received the ball in the corner right behind the three-point arc, and he shot his first shot, and the crowd stood in anticipation, and, oh, my gosh, it didn't even come close and missed by, like, six feet. And, but I knew there was something special in the air that night because normally in a high school game, if a young man or woman shoots a ball that doesn't hit the rim, you'll hear the chant, air ball, but I didn't hear anything. And I know you're not supposed to pray in the public school, but I was praying hard, please, God, could we just help him get a basket? Our second possession, we actually got the ball to Jason, and he shot a much closer shot that did not go in, but it was much closer. It hit the rim and the backboard, so we were, we were making progress there. And then the third time he received the ball, again behind the three-point arc at the right wing, and this time his shot rattled home, and he had made a basket, and the place just imploded. It was pure bedlam. In fact, I kid people that we have almost 100,000 people in our town, and if you came to our town, almost 100,000 would claim they were at the game, but it sounded like 100,000. It was just pure craziness, and I'm thinking to myself, God is a basketball fan. Not only has Jason scored a basket, but he's got a three-pointer, and then for the next three minutes, he literally turned into his his idol, Kobe Bryant. He started making shot after shot, and it was just incredible, uh, and the place just got, got louder and louder, and, and the other two things that uh, 
that I'll never forget was that with about a minute to go, uh, I, I'm sitting on the bench and tears are still rolling down my face and I get a tap on my shoulder and it's Jason's mother and she is bawling her eyes out and she embraces me, me and hug, gives me a big hug and whispers in my ear, this is the best gift you could ever give my son. And of course, I cry hard. I was so touched. And then how the game ends was really almost like a you know a storybook ending, like a movie where yeah. uh, what had happened in those four minutes was Jason would run down the court and he'd kind of run off some of his teammates' screens and they'd throw him the ball and he'd shoot. In fact, I still kid him this day, Jay, that I'm still looking for your first assist because he shot it every time he got it. Uh, but that last possession, he actually received the ball in the backcourt with about 10 seconds to go and he's dribbling down and gets to almost to the buzzer, and he's literally about three feet behind the arc, and I'm thinking to myself, Jason, don't shoot from that. It's too far. And he launches a rainbow, and it swishes. And the next thing I know, the whole crowd is running on the floor, and all his teammates are on the floor, and it's, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I'm living the movie, Rudy. This is incredible. And then the other thing that was was crazy was um, Jason's parents have an interesting dynamic. His dad's 6'6". His mom's five foot tall, and you see this little bitty lady bobbing and weaving through the crowd and uh, getting to Jason and, and, you know, gives him a big hug. And then our players put Jason up on their shoulders, and he's walking around with the game ball over his head. And the public address announcer comes on and says, the leading score for the Trojans tonight, J-Mac with 20 points. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we've played the whole game. we scored 160. Right. And it was just uh, – it was – just uh, the four most special minutes in basketball that I've ever been around. That is wonderful. And that, that story ended up, it didn't immediately take a life of its own, but it ended up on ESPN. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, interesting is that our, our, newspaper didn't make that much of a deal out of it and i really thought it in there and actually what it would happen and i i do say this the purity of the the game was uh enough for me i i really was not looking for publicity and really what happened the next day at school our speech pathologist that had worked with jason for all four years was at the game and he was so touched by what he saw that he actually called on a local tv station and they came over and borrowed the videotape and they showed it that night, and they got such a nice response that, um, excuse me, we had uh, three uh, TV stations come in the next day. And then that weekend, uh, one of our local TV stations sent it out nationally. And on Monday morning before I was going to practice, we got a call from CBS Evening News, and they did a story mm -hmm. on it. And from there, it just spread like wildfire. And, mm -hmm. uh, we were on more radio and TV shows than I could count. Wow, that's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about your book, Coach. Um, obviously, uh, sure. basketball is a passion for you and for Jason. And, and there might be people listening who uh, are very well aware of what their passion is, and there might be some who might be searching for it. So tell us a little bit, as you do in your book, how we go about defining our passion. Well, I think the first thing is, is you know, you've got to ask this question is, what do you love to do? And, uh, you know, we, we all have things that we really love to do, and, and I think that's where your passion starts. And then I think the follow-up question from there is, how can you make it a big part of your life? Uh, you know, and in many cases, hopefully you can either make it a, a part-time uh, job, 
job or possibly a full-time job uh, where you can make it a big part of your life and, you know, something that you can work on on nearly a daily basis uh, because uh, what I found is when you're passionate about something, it doesn't feel like work. You're just doing it for the love of it. And But when you do something for the love of it, you tend to get very good at it because you put so much time and, and heart and soul into it. Uh, and when you become better and better, you become more attractive to the marketplace, uh, which, you know, leads to things. And that's what's happened to me personally with my speaking career is that, you know, I started out and people started to ask me to speak. And at first I didn't, wasn't sure what I was going to do. And then I decided, uh, you know, I needed to make a message besides, um, you know, just sharing the story. And, you know, I developed these six keys to making your dreams come true. And that's how we started the book. I actually uh, had a co-author that had uh, two autistic sons, so he was very touched by the uh, story and was a former high school classmate and a local newspaper writer. And when we started the endeavor, we said, you know, we we want to share, uh, you know, an awesome story, but we also wanted to share, uh, make it a life lessons book. And so we, uh, you know, ta- talked about the six essential keys and making your dreams come true, and then we added a few more chapters as well mm-hmm. um, to kind of put a closure to it. That's great. Uh, how about sharing at, at least a couple of those six essential keys? If you you know if you'd like, that'd be that'd be really great. Yeah, sure. Well, the first one was passion. We really already talked about that. The second one right. was discovering your mission. And uh, I do a lot of my own personal development. I read a lot, listen to a lot of different types of CDs and tapes. And I read a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People that uh, Dr. Covey wrote in 1989. I read it in the 90s. And one of the things he talked about in The Seven Habits was to develop your own personal mission statement. And at that time, I, I really didn't understand my mission, but he really got me to think. And I started to put things down on paper and... It took me a while. It's not something you're going to do overnight, but I highly recommend when I go out and speak. That's one of the things I always give as a takeaway that you got to go down, uh, start thinking and putting things in words and actually getting to the point where you write your own personal mission statement. And my personal mission is to be an outstanding role model that makes a positive difference in the world by helping others make their dreams come true. And so uh, the third essential key is how to be an effective goal setter. And in that, uh, you know, I, I to go through a few different points, but a couple to highlight very quickly is the number one is when you think it, ink it. And uh, the ability to write things down, uh, that just gives you great power. In fact, my research has told me that when you write a goal down, you're ten times more likely to have it come true than if you don't write it down. So that's just the power of that. And then the other thing I learned is to, you know, set a, a stretch goal or two, something that is really going to make you stretch. Because what I found is when you set a stretch goal, you're going to add some disciplines to your life. For example, if it's a financial goal, well, you're going to have to learn how to save more money. You're going to learn how to add more money to your salary. You're going to have to learn something about how to invest your money properly. And those are all disciplines for for me personally that I didn't have at one time, but you know I've learned a lot about that. But any kind of big goal, you're going to have to change some things in your life, add disciplines, um, which is only going to benefit you. Uh, the fourth essential key I talk about is one we had mentioned briefly before, but I don't know of no one that's been successful doesn't have that in its perseverance, the ability not to give up and to stay through thick and thin and find a way no matter what, uh, that type of attitude. 
My fifth essential key is carpe diem, which we talk about season of the day. And in that, I really highlight two things. I'm always talking to people about if you want to be successful, you've got to be exceptional in the things you can control. And the two that I highlight are attitude and work ethic. And those are two mm-hmm. that you certainly can control. And Jay Mack was a great illustration. He was a young man that never got a chance to play until that final game, but always came in with a positive attitude, something in fact I love quotes and one of the quotes I often say his attitudes are contagious, his years worth yep. catching, and Jason certainly was. And then the other thing is work ethic. You know, and, uh, in fact, and I gave a quote to our students the other day, and I said, uh, you know, the only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary. And, uh, and so we are having coming. a great work ethic. We're at, we're at our break. Thank you so it. much. We'll, we'll come right back and we'll recap this after the break. We'll come right back. Thanks. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Energy Saving Solutions' innovative double green plan enables you to switch to energy-efficient LEDs and other modern lighting with no upfront cost. Modern LEDs are far more efficient than other types of lighting, but for many businesses, schools, and nonprofit organizations, the reason for sticking with the old inefficient lighting is the cost of replacing them. While an old-fashioned incandescent bulb may cost a dollar, LED costs $30 or more, and that's why Energy Saving Solutions has designed our Double Green plan. Double Green allows you to convert to LEDs with no out-of-pocket cost. We'll pay for your new lights, and you'll pay us back with a percentage of your savings. From the very first day that your new LEDs are lighting your life, you'll realize a positive cash flow, and you'll be doing something positive for our environment. For a free cost and energy savings analysis, call Joshua May at 888-620-8133, extension 7082, or visit us online at www.energysavingindustry.com. In the annals of recorded history, there has never been anything that can compare to home movies. But now, in this modern era, where do you turn for the best information? Right here. It's the Home Movie Legacy Project, hosted by Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learn how to organize, digitize, share on social media, use this genealogy research, repurpose or even monetize found footage. Discover ways to find films about your own family that you didn't even know existed. Or create a documentary that can use the power of home movies to deliver a message that can impact the lives of many. For more on Rhonda and the show, go to our website, homemovielegacy.com. Then be here as the journey continues with the Home Movie Legacy Project with Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Coach Jim Johnson, who is the author of the book, A Coach and a Miracle. And right before the break, we were talking about his six essential keys to making your dreams come true. And those were passion, mission, goal setting, perseverance, carpe diem, 
and work ethic. So let's talk about some of these in a little more detail, Coach. You talk about setting goals. And anyone out there who leads an organization and is looking to set goals for that organization has to figure out where he or she wants that team to go. So when you set goals for your basketball team, how much input do you have your team members give you? Or is that something that you decide what you want the team to accomplish? Or how does that give and take work for you on your team? And how does that apply to organizations? Well, one of the things that, you know, from a leadership standpoint is I think the more input and feedback you can get from your employees, or in my case, my players, the better off you're going to be. Uh, so as far as goal setting, uh, the only set goals that I, I have that I don't use much input, although uh, depending on our style of play for that, I might change them, but is it like our game goals. But as far as their own individual goals, um, I give them a sheet, they write them out, and then I uh, meet with them and we discuss them, and, and sometimes we uh, together make some amendments on them, but uh, it's all from them. And then as for the developing our own team goals, I invite my team over to our house, and you know, certainly in business you could go off-site or you know, do it in a conference room, but there uh, we work together and we brainstorm and we come up with... Uh, you know, a group of goals that we're going to try to accomplish as a team. So I found it's, uh, you know, if, if you don't get feedback from them, then I think it kind of really falls off. It's like developing a, you know, a mission for your team. Uh, we we kind of try to do that every year at that meeting and, um, you know, and get their ideas of what's most important, what's going to help our team and what's going to hinder our team. Uh, but the more I think you can get feedback from the people you're leading, the better off you're going to be. Okay, that sounds really great. So let me ask you this. You, you mentioned perseverance a little bit earlier, and a lot of times when we are looking to accomplish something really significant, there are going to be roadblocks, sometimes big ones, sometimes a lot of them. So how does perseverance become necessary in, in your experience? Well, I, I think there's a couple things I will answer that. Number one is I think you really got to take that attitude of no matter what, you know, that you're going to stay determined because any big goal, you know, and small goals many times uh, are going to take work. They're going to take, change, you know, the, oh, the ability to overcome obstacles. So I think really adopting that no matter what attitude is where it really starts. And then I think the other thing is, especially when you're setting down big goals, is you got to put them in bite size. So, uh, you know, if you're, for example, if you're trying to lose, you know, 30 pounds for the for the year, uh, well, you're not going to lose 30 pounds in, you know, two days. So, you know, that's where you break it down and say, okay, I'm going to try to lose, you know, one pound per week. Uh, you know, if you do that, then, you know, basically you lose around 50 pounds for the year. Uh, and that's, you know, making it in bite size where it's, uh, you know, a, a smaller thing and, you know, you build from that. It's kind of like the compound effect, you know, as you start to, uh, attain some success, you know, you're going to build off that and uh, nothing creates success like success. So when you start to have these small successes, it's going to build into bigger successes and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to accomplish your goal. Yeah, exactly. That's great stuff. Make the goal bite-sized to, to make it a lot more manageable uh, over a shorter period of time and let those building blocks uh you know, come together. That's great. You also talked about carpe diem, uh, recognizing and seizing opportunity. How does one prepare to do that? 
Well, you know, I, I mentioned, Brian, I just want a, a quick amendment. Actually, my sixth essential key is being a team player. Work ethic okay. is actually part okay. of Carpe Diem. So okay. I uh, just want to share that with your audience. But uh, is that the, uh, with, you know, Carpe Diem, the ability to seize the day, I think that all starts with preparation. You know, one of the famous quotes from John Wooden, the legendary UCLA coach, was that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I, I think... The, the initial thing is is preparation, you know, and how are you preparing, and that's why I really focus in on two main essential things there, and that's, you know, the having an attitude, because you can control your attitude every single day, and having a great work ethic, you know, uh, uh, I think right now uh, a lot of people are into instant gratification, and that's just not the reality of the world. I mean, it takes time, but if you, you know, put in a good day's work consistently, you know, eventually after time, it's going to pay off for you. I mean, I'm a living example, and so many people I've worked with are great illustrations that, you know, a, a little bit each day, you know, one of my philosophies is I want to try to get a little bit better each day. And, and to do that, I'm, I'm trying to feed my mind with positive materials. I'm trying to make sure I get enough exercise and rest during the week. And, uh, you know, uh, we could go on and on. You know, me eating properly is going to help you. You know, there's a lot of different factors there. But, again, uh, if you... Uh, approach each day uh, and doing, you know, the, as many right things as you can. That's uh, I, I love the thought. Life accumulates, and it's going to either help you or hinder you, depending on the habits you're developing. Yes, that those are all great suggestions, Coach. I really appreciate that. Uh, you are obviously a basketball coach, and so you spend your career building teams and helping them uh, create chemistry so they can work together. So let me ask you this: for anyone who's running an organization or anyone who is a team leader or supervisor or manager, what do you think makes a team successful? How do we go about building a great team? Well, I think uh, the first thing is you got you got to have a vision. So you got to. Uh, you know, have uh, a direction that you're trying to take that group. And with that, though, I think you've got to have a buy-in. So you've got, you've got to be constantly getting feedback uh, from your people and listening to them. You know, I think you've got to communicate to them in a group, you know, always, again, revisiting the vision, the goals you're trying to accomplish. And you've also got to meet with people individually. And, um, you know, a great, great little side thought, uh, you know, I got from Ken Blanchard, um, is that, uh, you know, try to catch people doing things right. Uh, you know, our mindset so much as a leader is we want to correct. And certainly, you know, that is part of leadership, you know, as a coach or a mentor or whatever, you're, yes, you're going to try to correct. But if, if you're always looking at the, the negative part, uh, that gets people down, you know. And, and the more you can catch people doing right and, uh, you know, correcting them when they need to be corrected. But I think it all starts with the ability to um, grasp on together a vision and then the ability to communicate that vision on a, on a consistent basis. And a huge thing as a leader, you've got to be a good listener. You, you know, you've got to want feedback, take the feedback, and act on the feedback and helping the organization, team, or whatever you're leading go forward. Yeah. I love that. Those are all really wonderful suggestions. A lot of great stuff there. So let me ask you about sportsmanship. Obviously, it plays a big part in sports, but how about in business and in life as well? How does that apply? 
I think the, the really important thing is, uh, you know, going back to the leader, you've got to be a model. Uh, and if, you, if you're a poor role model for the people you're leading, that's eventually going to sink your ship because I think, uh, you know, trust is such an important part of that. And, and then, you know, leading your life in the right way, I, I know one of the things we always stress is we want to act in a first-class manner all the time. We're always representing our team and our high school in, in the best way possible, you know, on and off the court. And that's something you you got to, again, you know, going back to the vision, you got to be constantly reinforcing, you know, uh, praising people when they are doing what what we think are, is, you know, good for our program and certainly correct when they're not uh, but you know that that's a, a constant thing you you, you really uh, uh, got to continue to raise your standards and continue to want people that are going to grow and, and represent you in the best way possible and you know that's something you, you've got to constantly reinforce that's great and while I'm thinking about it where can we get the book I'll get, let you uh, I'll let you tell us that a couple more times before the end but while I'm thinking about it where can we get this book a coach and a miracle Sure. It, uh, it's definitely on my um, website, which is coachjimjohnson.com. It is also on Amazon as well. Um, but, uh, yep, and uh, certainly when I speak, I, I, I bring the book uh, often as well. Uh, but the, the website, coachjimjohnson.com, would uh, be a great start. I also have my blogs on there and a newsletter you can sign up as well for. Mm-hmm. That's great. Let me ask you something, Coach. Lots of times when people start to experience increased levels of success, people around them seem to observe that you know they've changed. Something's different. They're not who they used to be before. So I want to ask, how do you stay true to yourself, and how have you done that uh, as your notoriety has, has increased? And we've got less than two minutes to our last break. Yeah, sure. Uh... Well, I think the important thing is, uh, you know, going back to having your own personal mission statement is that, you know, when things go well for you, that are you still living out your mission and your purpose of life? And, you know, I think that's the thing that really grounded me. You know, I, I was part of something that ended up exploding. It became a global story. And, you know, I'm very appreciative of that. But the one foundation I, I, I didn't want to ever leave was who I am, you know, and the type of person I want to be uh, in, you know, representing myself and my family and my community and, you know, my school. So it's really important to me that, you know, no matter how, how much success you have, um, that you're always, a, you know, still a good, good person that uh, wants to help others and, you know, create value for others. And, you know, if you keep that philosophy intact, um, then it's, it's um, you know, I, I've heard this is when, you know, if you're a good person and then all of a sudden you hit it big, you most likely you're going to continue to be a good person. If you're a bad person and you hit it back, hit it big, you're most likely going to stay a bad person. But, I, you know, one thing I'm, I've always believe that you know I'm trying to do things that are right and, and being a good person and, and because I've had some success and some publicity uh, you know that shouldn't change who you are I love that and we are coming up to our final break my coach or my, my guest this week is coach Jim Johnson and his book is called a coach and a miracle and we've been talking about and elaborating on his six essential keys to success we will come right back after our last break and continue this discussion we will be right back this is success profiles radio please stay with us
the mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to EscapeArtist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.EscapeFromAmerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Coach Jim Johnson. He is the author of the book, A Coach and a Miracle. And so I want to ask you, Coach, nearly all of the most successful people I've interviewed have also talked about sharing their success and giving to others as a way to pay it forward. How does that manifest itself for you in your journey? Well, I, I think the, the, you know, the opportunity that I have now to go out and share you know, the story and my six essential keys and trying to make a difference in people's lives. And, and then on a daily basis, I'm still teaching and coaching, so I'm really trying to make a positive impact on all the students that I teach and certainly all the basketball players that I coach. Um, but I, I think that's really important that, uh, you know, when you have success that you can share that success with uh, people and certainly try to create more people that will have success. I just think that's essential, and, you know, that's one of my main missions in life is to help others, you know, make their dreams come true like I've had so many of my dreams come true. That's really great. So you're you're coaching basketball this season. I think I've heard you say that this is your last season before you start uh, doing a lot more with, with your speaking. Is that right? Yeah, actually, I'm going to retire from teaching this year. Um, I believe I'm going to stay on as the coach for at least one more year, maybe a couple more. We'll see how it is. But I am going to go into speaking full-time. It's uh, become a, a big passion of mine. And um, In fact, I just got back from speaking to the Franklin Covenant Organization, and that was an awesome experience for me. And, you know, I just find that it's a, a way that I can um, create 
more opportunities to help people, uh, you know, by doing more speaking. And I also have a leadership workshop that I hope to do more of. And uh, uh, but um, yeah, you know, it's a great way to, that I can give back, and you know, uh, not only in my own community but you know across the country. And hopefully, one of my goals is to be a global speaker someday. That's great. That's great. And this whole story really has been a huge miracle for you and for Jason. And a lot of people go through life thinking, well, nothing like that could ever happen to me, or they have similar thoughts. How do you think we can experience a great miracle in our life? Well, I think first thing is is continually trying to do the right thing. Um, you know, as I've I mentioned briefly before, the, the purity of the event and, and my motives of just trying to help a young man, um, I think was really important, you know, in me, you know, in my mind, I felt like I lived a miracle. Um, but, um, I think the more that you do the right thing and you're consistently doing that on a daily basis that, uh, you just never know. Um, uh, but I, I think that's where it all starts is, is that, and, you know, in having faith that when you are doing the right things, that good things are going to happen to you. And, uh, you know that uh, I, I'm a believer that miracles happen every day. So uh, yeah. there, there's more to come out there. That's for sure. Absolutely, and I, I think a lot of that too is uh, choosing to see the good that there is out there instead of focusing on the bad. And I think that probably has an awful lot to do with it, wouldn't you think? Absolutely, I totally agree. Yep, uh, okay. I think optimists uh, certainly uh, create and have more opportunities than pessimists, for sure. That's great. Now, this game was seven years ago. What has Jason been doing now? He's still been involved in your program, right? He has. He's actually been back as an assistant coach in our program for the last five years. He also works at a local grocery store, which is a chain around here. It's not national, but it has gotten outside of New York State. It's called Wegmans. He also uh, works one day a week, usually at a local restaurant. Uh, and then he's heavily involved in the school. He's become a very avid runner. Again, he ran in high school and then kind of got away from it. And he's actually now ran in two Rochester marathons. And his uh, most recent marathon, he nearly broke three hours, and he is time qualified for his, for the Boston Marathon, which he's going to run into run uh, next uh, April, which he's very excited about. And he's heavily involved with the cross-country team right now, and pretty much year-round he he's, uh, stays involved with their basketball program. The, the kids really like him, and he loves being around it. That's wonderful. Well, he's such an inspiration. Uh, he's such a huge part of the, the history of your school, especially with what's happened. It's nice that he's been able to stay around, and, and that legacy continues on. That's another way for him to pay it forward, Correct. Absolutely. And uh, in fact, uh, we're going to honor him uh, this year on December 20th at uh, one of our home games. Uh, we're going to actually retire his jersey. And uh, we only have one player in the school history that has his uh, uniform retired, and he played seven years in the NBA. So uh, it's going to be a really a special night. And I know Jason's very excited about putting number 52 up on the uh, wall uh, as a retired jersey. And who was this player that that played in the NBA that you coached? Uh, John Wallace, his name was. He, uh, oh, yeah. Actually, I did not coach John. I coached against him. I was at another high, local high school, but I actually had the opportunity to coach uh, one, uh, one of his brothers and also uh, both of his sons. So, so I have uh, uh, some Wallace coaching as well. 
That's great. Boy, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I bet it's a real gift when you get to coach a player and then you get to coach their sons afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it's really pretty neat for sure. Yeah, totally. So uh, you're going to be retiring his jersey. So what is next for the both of you in this journey? Well, I, I think you know our plan tentatively is to continue to coach. So I, I'm sure that we're both going to stay uh, coaching together uh, at least uh, another year, if not a few more. Uh, and then uh, secondly, for uh, me personally, I... Uh, you know, I'm going to go speak full time, so that's something that I'll be out there more often, certainly with a, a more open schedule. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, and I'm um, down the road, uh, who knows? I know Jason uh, would eventually like to uh, possibly even coach in college or uh, have his, you know, his own team. So you never know. Um, he, he's quite a young man, and uh, uh, I, I don't ever uh, question that he's a. Uh, going to continue to to reach and obtain some pretty unbelievable goals. So that's great. Now in the in the bio I talked about how uh Magic Johnson came to visit your school. Tell us a little bit about that because that that's a piece of history that not a lot of people get to experience. Yeah, it was actually a wonderful thing. Magic was uh, originally on part of the team about uh, possibly doing a movie. Right now that's uh uh, it's kind of up in the air where that's going to go, but uh, Magic actually came to our school, and he was awesome. Uh, first of all, you know, you don't realize how big a guy he is. I mean, he's six nine. He's probably about two hundred and eighty pounds now. He's just a humongous man, uh, yeah. but he has a heart of gold. He he uh, came in and he talked to all our players and cheerleaders. Then he actually went down to our auditorium. We have a very nice auditorium in our school, and the whole school came in and he had them eating out of their hands. In fact. He had a chartered jet going back because uh, he had to get to Atlanta that night to be on uh, uh, a show. And uh, literally his uh, bodyguard was like, come on, Magic, you got to go. And he goes, no, no, I need to spend a few more t- minutes with these kids. So he mm. he's really a special guy. It was quite an honor to have him at our school. Wow. Did he tell any NBA stories? I bet he did. Yeah, he, he did a few, yep, for sure. You know, people asked him who was the best player he played ever played against and, you know, things like that. So, uh, yeah, and he's got that smile that just radiates radiates through the whole room. Yeah, that is really great. Yeah, he, he was certainly something else to watch in his day. I remember, gosh, going all the way back to the NCAA championship in 1979 when uh, he played Larry Bird's Indiana State team. I mean, who knew then? that those two would be really two of the most iconic players of our generation. And that certainly was Absolutely. the case. Yeah. What a what a wonderful treat that was. And so you, you got to meet uh, George Bush. You got to meet George Pataki and uh, Hillary Clinton. What was that like? They were all, all great experiences. Uh, George Bush um, actually was coming to Rochester for a event, and uh, he invited Jason and his mom and dad and myself to be part of the green team. And he... Um, it was a great honor. He was uh, very praiseworthy with Jason. We actually got to go in, in a room and spend a few minutes with him. Uh, the uh, Governor Pataki, actually uh, one of our local centers, invited us down to Albany, our state capital, and he actually met with us. Uh, and and uh, 
he actually uh, took it a step further. He actually, him and J-Mac, played two of our other guys. And uh, it was kind of funny because Governor Pataki was actually in a, in a suit and tie playing. And uh, he actually, one of our players kind of bumped into him and he fell down. But I was wondering if he got hurt, but he bounced right back up and played. Uh, uh, so that was quite an event. And uh, Senator Hillary Clinton I met at a teacher's conference, and uh, she was extremely gracious with the team as well. It was uh, uh, all three of them were uh, really, really nice people. That's great. So as we are winding down, we've got just under three minutes until the end, Coach. So let me ask you the question that I ask everybody on the show. Who inspires and motivates you? Well, I, you know, it's um, there's a lot of different people that, uh, you know, have had some inspiration. But the two that jump out to me, uh, one is a coach, uh, probably the most famous college basketball coach of all time, John Wooden. Uh, in fact, I was really hoping to uh, meet him, and I never got that opportunity. But he uh, uh, was one that inspired me when I was a kid. You know, I used to beg my parents to stay up uh, to watch the UCLA teams because, of course, I'm on the East Coast and they were on the West Coast. Uh, and then the, the more that I learned about John Wooden by listening to him on you know, uh, tapes and then reading a lot of the different books, um, he's just a person I greatly admired. I've, I've met a number of people that have met Coach Wooden and have just had nothing but accolades to say about him. And then the other person from a personal development was a guy named Jim Rohn, and uh, Jim Rohn was Tony Robbins' first mentor. And I have a lot of Jim Rohn stuff, and uh, he, I've learned so much from listening to those. And unfortunately, I never got a chance to meet him. And so the two people that have probably inspired me the most uh, have been John Wooden and Jim Rohn. And unfortunately, both of them are, have passed away, but their their legacies continue to live on. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So let me ask you again: Where can we find your book, Coach? Yeah, uh, you can go to my website, uh, coachjimjohnson.com, and uh, we have the book on there. We also uh, we do a weekly blog, which you can uh, also, we have a newsletter on there, and we have uh, videos and different things, so it's uh, I'm very proud of the website, so certainly uh, check it out, and, and certainly uh, we all have information if I can ever support somebody with a speaking engagement. Sounds great. Less than a minute to go. One last piece of advice for our group today. Well, you know what, I think uh, I'll end with this is I think um, you should try to develop a, a morning routine where you can positively start the day. Uh, and I've found I've been doing that for a few years now, and it's helped me immensely. And You know, whatever you choose to do, I, I call it my hour of power where I... I uh, I pray and I meditate and I read and I you know I listen to some some tapes and you know try to start your day off in a positive uh, way each day and I, you know I think if you do that you develop a, a really good morning routine. Uh, it's, I know in my life I found it's helped me immensely throughout the day and uh, okay. you know just getting off uh, to the right start I think helps your day very much. Great. And we are at the end. Thank you so much, Coach, for being on the show. Coach Jim Johnson, everyone. And this is Success Profiles Radio. We will be back next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find my fan page on Facebook, Success Profiles Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each